Ladies and gentlemen, one does not simply make new Lord of the Rings movies. For this is the Fred the Alien Productions podcast. You have my bow. <laughs> and my axe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and take my, my money. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 my concern. Cue music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What about DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Hello. 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 <clears throat> I am a Kendall Richardson. I'm a Fulia Kantarmaju. And I'm the joke that was never written, Michael Lister. <laughs> And you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, experiencing it through the mediums of the interwebs and everything that's audio and visual and maybe smell. Yes, we're working. We're working. Smell. 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 Time for smell a vision. Scratch and sniff. Yes. Scratch and sniff. Yes, we need that wallpaper from Willy Wonka's. Yes. No, that's lickable wallpaper. Um, actually, we still, well, we still need it. We still need it. It's the same, same. It's no, it's fine. different, different one's sensation. Smell, one's a taste. <laughs> anyway, Foley is back in, in the, uh, the virtual flesh, so to speak. <laughs> Welcome virtual back. flesh. Virtual thank flesh. you, thank you. Sounds like yes. a pog rock album. <laughs> virtual flesh. Virtual it sounds flesh. like a. It sounds like a. Yeah, an unreleased Pink Floyd CD or something. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good Happy 50th times. anniversary, sirs. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and Dark a lot of conservatives movie. lost their crap. They really did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, and it was glorious. Um, anyway. <laughs> rainbows. Good. Who needs rainbows? <laughs> yeah, they're so old now, they don't remember the logo of uh, the album <laughs> artwork. It's so great. Ah, <laughs> oh, anyway, this is not the Pink Floyd podcast. This is a nerdy podcast, and we're going to get yeah. into our first segment now by me asking Fulia what she's been watching. Me? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so uh, I wasn't here last week, but I did give you what I was watching last week. Yes. And um, this week I've pretty much been watching the same thing. So I watched... A bit more of uh, the Netflix series uh, Tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. which is the Korean series drama series that I've been watching. Um, hitting me a little bit harder this week, more specifically, because there's a lot of things that have been happening this week for me. So um, after at the end of every episode, I have been bawling my eyes out. So <laughs> but I'm okay. The series itself is still good. It's, I'm really enjoying it, uh, and I will keep going with it until the end. Um, and the other thing that I have watched this week, uh, is a documentary that's on Disney plus and, mm-hmm. um, it's on the Nat Geo section, uh, and that is limitless with Chris Hemsworth. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Is it good? It's very, very fascinating. Um, it's essentially a series, uh, where Chris Hemsworth 
wants to uh, find a way so that he can live longer and better. And so he's being put through a lot of different like physical and mental health tests Mm. that actually take him like to a really a very high limited point um like it's just the extreme of training as your body essentially so that you live longer and and healthier Mm. um and so far i've watched the first few episodes uh and man like even though it's mostly about physical health it's also like testing his mental health as well and trying to figure out ways on how he can cope with stress. That was the first episode. The first episode was about stress. Um, and it like, you, you can, you can take away some things from watching this show. Um, even if it's not necessarily the hardcore stuff that Chris Hemsworth has been doing, but more so just some of the smaller things that you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, in the first episode with stress, um, you can do what's called box breathing, which is essentially you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, and then you hold for four seconds. And then you just keep doing that cycle, mostly when you're feeling like you're very uh, like anxious or very stressed out and you, and you, know, you can feel your your heart rate, you know, increasing Mm. the box breathing method actually helps to calm you and to decrease your heart rate. Um, and a lot of like a lot of psychologists and, um, and just into just in general, in terms of having better mental health, especially for those of us who do suffer from anxiety, um, box breathing is very, very helpful in that Mm. respect. Um, and I've used it quite a bit myself to help me, um, from not from trying to stop myself from having panic attacks, essentially. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So it's definitely very helpful. Um, and you know, there was another episode where, um, Chris went to this, um, went to the Arctic and had to essentially swim in icy cold water for a certain distance. I think it was like 250 meters or something like that. Um, wow. And, but he had to do it just in his trunks. Like you no. could ease, if you're not trained for that, you can die from hypothermia. Oh yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. From the shock. So, and, and yeah, exactly. Your body goes through that shock um, of just going from a warm temperature to cold temperature in an instant. Mm. And so he had to train for that for a few days before he could. But the thing is, he has medical and, you know, he's got so many experts helping him throughout um, this show in, in, a, in a way to test himself and his body. Yeah. Um, and the right now I'm at it. I'm currently in an episode where he needs to, um, I think it's, he needs to climb down a long, so he's dangling from a rope over a 
canyon in the middle of, in the middle of a forest somewhere um, from a cable cart. So kind of like if, if you you know the cable carts they use for bungee jumping, mm-hmm. um, essentially something like that. But for him, he's not bungee jumping. He's going to have to dangle below that cart and make and climb up that rope back up. And that in itself is a different type of strength. Mm. So this is a strength episode. And he's going to be using muscles that he doesn't normally use. And so um, the trainer, the expert that he's got helping him is giving him three months to train for it. And this was done um, five months before he had to, he had to start filming Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this series was kind of taking place before and during Love and Thunder, I think, by the by by the sounds of it, from what from what I'm gathering from yeah. the from the from mm. the show itself. Um, so yeah, he had five months before filming was starting, and the trainer was like, "All right, we're going to give you three months to train for just this particular task." <laughs> so he's going to be like. It's, it's crazy. The things that he goes through to find ways so that he can live a better and healthier life and so that he can grow older to see his kids grow, be able to keep up with them, and then, you know, and then some. Um, so it's a very fascinating show because it also talks, it sort of delves into a lot of the biological aspects of the body as well. Um, and that always intrigues me. So that's kind of why I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty much what I've been watching. That's, that's all I've been oh. watching. <laughs> Great. Some inspiration. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool. Actual, actual yeah. really super important, meaningful things that you can use yeah. in your own life. You know, that's, that's Exactly. Cool. Yeah. You don't have to go to the extremes as what he does, but you can definitely take away the smaller things from it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Definitely definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth checking out. Nice. Mm. Nice. Uh, yeah. Michael. Hello. What about yourself? What have you been watching? Well, um, I've been watching bits and pieces of uh, just stuff. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, I've, I watched two movies that I haven't seen before. One was uh, Paddington 2. Uh, I saw it on Netflix and I gave it a watch and apparently it's like the best movie ever made um, <laughs> uh, considering um, it's from a movie that I also watched for the first time this week and yeah it is pretty touching and, and, and remarkable it's actually it's really good and uh, the same person that actually <clears throat> directed it is going to do Wonka yeah, that's coming out later this year, yes. and mm-hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, the other one, as uh, Kendall has probably guessed, was of course the uh, the uh, the great weight of extraordinary talent, and there is <laughs> <laughs> with of course Nicolas Cage and uh, and uh, and uh, the Mandalorian Joel himself. Yes, Pe- Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Um, and the reason why I watched that is because I sent a, I sent a meme to Kendall the other day uh, talking about how, um, uh, people who are not gamers are getting traumatized after every episode of The Last of Us. And, (laughs) and 
pretty much you ain't seen nothing yet is the catchphrase and that that meme is actually going gangbusters at the moment uh and it's from and it's from that particular movie where yeah i didn't know the context of it and it turns out they were all uh, they were both on lsd and driving yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's such a good movie <laughs> yeah and not the actual song too i was quite surprised because that song just fits so well <laughs> with, it, with that catch um yeah i watched it um i thought it was good mm-hmm. not high up there i mean okay. it's it's uh if you if you're a fan of nicholas cage uh, you will definitely get a kick out of it, and I'm somewhat of a fan of Nicolas Cage, and especially his choices of movies as well. And it sort of reminded me of um, uh, Adaptation uh, a while back. Oh right. Um, yeah, where he's essentially um, playing a character that has also a twin brother, and so he's sort of going off himself as well, like talking to himself. And that happens in this uh, episode, uh, in this movie as well, where it's sort of a celebration of his, of his movies. And I definitely got a lot of adaptation movie from from that. And yeah, just the just the old Nicolas Cage interacting with the young Nicolas Cage is just it's sort of fun. It's that the quintessential dumb fun. And of course, Pedro Pascal is is um, lovable as well as a. As a rogue, he is so definitely on uh, definitely ticks the boxes of Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal movies that I've seen. So um, I, mm. I recommend it if you if you're a fa- fan of Nicolas Cage, of course, and but also a fan of um, uh, Pedro Pascal as well. Uh, having said that, of course, I watched the latest episode of The Last of Us. Quite a different. Um, quite a different one one the sort of dwelling into the into the relationship between Joel and uh, and uh ooh excuse me i just had a brain fart ellie um yeah uh definitely tugs at the heartstrings especially if you're if you're a father and yeah not a dry in the house i thought oh hmm not to spoil it but it's going places that I thought, oh, okay. And it's one of those episodes that I uh, I don't normally watch like uh, next time on trailers, but I had to watch it because uh. <laughs> you can't. I can't have that lording over <laughs> me for for a whole week. And then and then of course they do a bacon switch where they're doing a um a complete um a um uh, before Ellie. Um, story uh, set set in the past. I thought, okay, we're we're not going to know <laughs> the result of one particular character for a whole fortnight. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> uh, great. So anyway, um, of course, I haven't uh, I haven't played the game, but I, I will be uh, on Steam when when it comes out on Steam, and nice. And I can't wait for it to be spoiled before I play it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing a Last of Us meme going around on Twitter a lot. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. been taking much advantage of it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's when it's when it's when the worlds collide and people thought thought this is great to put this with this. 
<laughs> I'm guessing it's the same meme that we're talking about. The one with Pedro? Yeah. Leaning on the post. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Where am I? <laughs> the three points, and then you can just make everything work with it. <laughs> <laughs> can I take Spanish? Sama, Sama, Sama. Sounds like Spanish to me. Oh, so, God bless. God bless. So what about you, Kendall? Do you speak Spanish? Sama, sama, sama. Oh, it's so good. It's so I rewatched that skit um, <laughs> after you, you put up that, uh, that video, Mike. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Fucking hell. Pedro Pascal, what a treasure. Just to piggyback off. You with The Last of Us. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I also, of course, did watch and did cry. And I found the scene that's going to win Pedro his Emmy. So that's happening. Um, mm. <laughs> that is happening because fuck me. <laughs> Oof. Um, this episode is probably one of my favorites so far, I think. Um, just in terms of like... The, the way they the way they adapted it from the game because I've like I said last week I finished the game playthroughs now so I know the whole thing um, and I know what parts like they kind of smushed together or left out in this episode we just watched um, and but they adapted it pretty spot on with just certain slight changes uh, and the way they Ugh, the way they kind of I'm not I won't spoil too much obviously but the way that they kind of ref, they reframed Joel's motivations a little bit uh, in regards to Ellie and and his brother and all this stuff and it just the way it played out was uh, I fucking loved it I, I think I actually like it more in the show than in the game now so as whereas last week I was like oh I'm regretting watching the playthrough now this week I'm like oh no no I'm I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm back on board. I'm back on board. So it was just a phenomenal piece of television. And then just to also mention, I uh, watched the um, Left Behind uh, DLC, which is what they're adapting in uh, this week's episode that you've seen the teaser for, Mike. So um, Mm. yeah, I know, I know it's coming. It's going to be Sad, <laughs> but it's but it be is the last of us, so of course it's going to be sad. Because it's going to be sad. Every episode of the show is sad and beautiful and just amazing. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a lot, but it's going to be very good. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, yeah, what else did I watch? Well, speaking of sad things, I but but I should say unexpectedly sad. Um, I watched Clerks three. Oh, um, oh. yeah, it's on Netflix now. So, oh. yeah, yeah, literally dropped like this week, I think. Um, <laughs> and me yeah. being a sucker, I bought it outright. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know it was a thing. And I was just on Netflix because I was finishing up watching uh, Junji Ito's Maniac. And, uh, and then, yeah, it came up on my feet. And I was like, oh, all right. I can finally watch this. I only waited like uh, nine months, it feels like. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, really, really good. Uh, Full year. You will like it. Um, okay. It's definitely, like, I mean, it connects, obviously, to the second one in big ways, but it's. I think it's better than number two, and it's not as crude as number two was. 
Um, so, so you'll be able to stomach it. Um, I liked the way it kind of paid homage to, um, the, the first film as well. Most, most importantly, um, there were a lot of emotional moments that I, like I said, I wasn't expecting to, to, as Kevin says, roll tears, but I rolled some tears. Um, and it was, (laughs) it was very well done and I was laughing my ass off. Um, and you know, for people watching and listening, if you're like us and you're Kevin Smith fans, you will appreciate the film even more um, because of all the little Kevinisms that are scattered throughout it and cameos <laughs> from um, from certain actors. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it was really, really good. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, yeah, highly recommend Clerks 3. Um, speaking of sequels, I'm just going to keep segueing. We're just going to keep going. Um, I watched Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh! Um, yes, yes, because I was... It was a Friday night and I was looking for something to watch and I was tired as all get out and I didn't really want to watch anything. Initially, I wasn't going to watch anything new. I was looking for like a comedy that I'd seen and then I was scrolling through all my streaming services and I couldn't fucking pick one. Um, And then, yeah, I was on Binge and I saw that Sonic 2 was on there. I was like, oh, I haven't watched that yet. Let's do it. Um, And I started off not liking it much, but by the Mm -hmm. time it was done, I'd come around. Um, okay. I, I think I definitely enjoyed the first one more. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, Idris Elba was surprisingly good as Knuckles. I wasn't expecting, <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to, to, uh, you know, entertain me that much. Uh, I mean, okay. even, even though he's kind of playing a himbo echidna sort of, um, that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of funny, but he was, he was very good. Cause I just remember like, you know, when he was cast in the trailers and everything, like, you know, because Idris has such a, you know, kind of iconic deep voice that I just wasn't sure it was going to match to Knuckles. But then again, you know, I'm not really a sonic expert. So, um, but it worked. It worked really well. Um, and just... Yeah, but they don't and, even speak in the in the game, so... Oh, okay. So there you go. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, speaking of speaking, uh, ben, ben Schwartz, again, just amazing um hilarious he even snuck in a freaking jean ralphio reference from parks and rec which made me very happy <laughs> what's that what's 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 parks and rec no what's parks and rec oh one of the no best one comedies. watches parks and rec one of the best comedies of all time in my opinion really yes not according to the first season we don't we don't talk about the first season i know guys but it's there it. yeah. <laughs> it's the gateway It's a a shit gateway, I know. Shut up, leave me alone. Anyway. Anyway. um, Even though there's a theory of Ron Swanson is actually uh, the same character in The Last of Us. changes (laughs) his name. I've seen that. Yeah. (laughs) Very funny. Very good. Um, But yeah, no, it was was good by the end. Like, I liked how they kind of... Like, I was worried at first that they were going to separate the humans from the animated characters and because sometimes movies do that um, but they made it it work and they brought the storylines together in a really satisfying way and Jim Carrey was just again the best like my god it's just every every line of dialogue he had every little Jim Carreyism he did as Robotnik was just yeah again I prefer the first movie but he was he, he made it very enjoyable for me, so. Did you like him as the bold with the long mustache? As as the what? 
the 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 bald with the long mustache. Yes. The, oh well, like yeah, because like in this one, his mustache is bigger than in the first film. Is that yeah. where you're getting it? Game accurate mm. Eggman. Yes, yes, game accurate Eggman. Yes. Oh yeah, it was fine. It was <laughs> fine. I knew we. I knew that was happening anyway because. Yeah, seen the trailers and and that was the, yeah. that was the tease at the end. Um, but um, but yeah, I I did and I I liked um, sort of how he was he still managed to be the the, the main villain even though Knuckles was in the mix. Um, I won't spoil things, but yeah, I I enjoyed the way things played out by the end. It was it was really cool. So, hmm. um, yeah. Was there anything else that I watched? Oh yeah, I saw Ant Man again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm done. Um, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, nah. I'm not going, yeah, nah. I'm not going again. I think I liked it less watching it a second time, and that's never happened Oh, before. no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, my my friend I went with, he he enjoyed it. Like, I laid it out all for him, and he's he's, he's like us. He's a huge MCU fan. Um, oh, you guys have met him. It's Adam. Um, and yeah. Because he couldn't come with us to the uh, the opening night that we went to. And yeah, yeah, and he, I'd, I'd really just kind of laid the groundwork. I was like, just, just, just lower the expectations. And so I don't know if that helped. <laughs> I don't know if that helped him, but he actually liked the movie. I mean, I do like the movie. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like the movie. It's just not a good movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it should, it should have been better. Um, but he was, he was a lot fairer on it than, than I was. Um, okay. So I saw it's just, it's, yeah, it's weird that I don't like this movie as much as everyone else. It's, I don't. This is a, a strange and bizarre feeling for me because, you know, <laughs> I'm that girl that likes everything, apparently. So, <laughs> uh, especially if it's MCU. But anyway, but like, it's, yeah, is what it is. I got to see Loki again for, you know, spoilers. Um, <laughs> Only just. And, huh? Not the real Loki. The real Loki's dead. The real Loki's dead. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mike the reminder <laughs> i appreciate it all right that's that's enough of the the weekly watchings let's dive on in now to the week that was in the nerdy news this is the news in nerdy news the nerds that talk about the nerdy news that is us who talk about the news that is nerdy and now the queen of nerdydom the hostess with most s kendall richardson take it away kendall Yes, it's nerdy news time, and we're a bit light on stories this week. We've got one really big story to talk about, at least, but we'll get to that in a second, because we've got some MCU news to start us off. Um, Some casting for the upcoming Thunderbolts movie. Uh, Academy Award-nominated actor Steven Yeun, um, of Walking Dead fame most notably, um, is uh, joining the cast of Thunderbolts in an undisclosed role. Uh, we have no idea what he's playing, who he's playing, how much he's going to be in the movie. Um, but according to sources, they are saying it's a character that will carry over into other films. So here enters the theories. Um, I found one article that basically just had like a list of a billion and one characters he could be playing. I I will read them out quickly and then I will... I will give my guess on who he could be playing. Um, so we have the article wants to load correctly. There we go. The Sentry. It's not a character I'm familiar with, but that's one that's in the theories. Uh, Mephisto, of course. 
Always. Always Mephisto. It's got to be gotta be Mephisto at some point. Got to um, get it right one day. One day. One day our, our conspiracy theories will be true. Um, six, six, be, six, son of the devil. Uh, blah. <laughs> he could be as well uh, the, the MCU's Norman Osborn or Reed Richards. This could be the introduction to those characters. Um, he could be a better take on Iron Fist, hopefully. That could be a thing. Um, this article also mentions Bullseye as a possibility um, hmm. because of his involvement with the Thunderbolts in the comics. So there's there's a shot of that happening. Um, and then what was the other one that I wanted to mention? Ah, yes, the Beyonder. Um, and now the Beyonder is probably the one I think he's going to be because we're setting up Secret Wars and the Beyonder is heavily involved uh, in the Secret Wars storyline. So uh, that's where my money's at and uh, Stephen Yeun definitely has the chops to pull that off. Um, but I secretly would love to see him be Mephisto just because I, I want Mephisto, damn it. Like, stop teasing us. Um, <laughs> just give it to us already. Uh, they haven't even promised anything. It's I know. Just, <laughs> it's just fans going wrong. It's just fans going nuts. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we want this. You promised this. No, we didn't. <laughs> we, we didn't promise you shit. Oh, <laughs> funny. Uh, but yeah, so those are the thoughts. So nothing is confirmed. We'll find out probably next year or maybe even at Comic-Con this year uh, I, if they do a Thunderbolts panel or something. I, I imagine they'll probably wait for next year to do that because um, I think that's when the movie's out. It's either 2024 or 2025. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, but regardless, Michael. Hello. Um, what, are you, what are you thinking about this? Um, uh, um, with the Beyonder, I have heard that uh, the storyline for the... Do you know the storyline for Beyonder? I don't really know. Yeah, the Beyond is from the Beyond um, realm, which is like um, even smaller than the Quantum Mania sort sort of thing it, from the Quantum realm. And people have sort of speculated that they're probably going to combine uh, spoilers for Ant Man, um, uh, the Kang at the end of that has pretty much gone beyond uh, Quantum. So they could be meshing him with the Beyonder sort of storyline, and oh. how, yeah, and how the Beyonder sort of comes around, and it is, uh, it's sort of like an agent for for the um, uh, Beyond people, like all the way back, like the people who are in charge of Beyond World or Beyond Universe, or yeah. Um, yeah, so, and he he comes in and try tries to take over like um, the the rest of the world is like yes, this is ours, and they could be doing like the uh, uh, combining that with the Kang variant, mm. maybe. Um, having said that, could be wrong, but uh, one character that uh, has been kicked around that I'm probably sure is probably going to be uh, Artemis Cho. Who is awesome Hulk? Who is oh. in so with the Thunderbolts? Of course, you're getting the Thunderbolt Ross, uh, Harrison Ford now, 
uh, now President Ford. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, he, mm-hmm. um, uh, Thaddeus is being president in this MCU, which is very interesting. On Get where... off my plane. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so <laughs> he's going to have a couple of cracks at, at being president. Could be, the, you know, the in Beginners World Records as the, the most fictional um, presidents yeah. being played by. <laughs> So, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so so Artemis chose uh, Awesome Hulk. Um where or no, the totally awesome Hulk, sorry. Uh who who's a uh a person who turns into a Hulk, but he's essentially smart Hulk. Uh like right off the bat he's he's pretty much Professor Hulk uh from, from the get go because he's very intelligent. Even more intelligent than Bruce. So maybe that and and maybe that's going to be the hulk for now on because they don't really have a handle for hulk like the incredible hulk because that's been tied up with universal um copyright that's why Mm. they can do she hulk uh and they can just do awesome hulk maybe yeah don't know and then they can just use uh awesome hulk for for everything else totally awesome hulk that's yeah. what i think yeah yeah and, nice i like it hmm yeah so, uh, succeeds uh, bruce banner as the hulk uh, uh, in the totally awesome hulk number one so maybe they're phasing out uh mark ruffalo as the hulk maybe maybe um but given that she hulk kind of set up something with his son happening mm. um that makes me wonder what the plan is they're possibly phasing out like the well, incredible hulk i'd say that i would say they're definitely retiring banner um mm. at some point because yeah mark ruffalo is not going to be playing him forever and you know and jeremy renner and uh, uh, with hawkeye you know that was his kind of farewell passing the torch series as well so all the old avengers are have pretty much stepping down yeah i think you got riri williams being being iron heart and and yeah captain america is passing the Mm. the shield so and then yep and they're also setting up uh, young avengers as well so life's life's moving on life is moving on yes yes well Speaking of moving on, let's move on to our next nice. item in the news. You see what I did there? Um, yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, you saw it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it was announced this week. We have confirmation from multiple sources uh, in the news that Warner Brothers has uh, confirmed that they have acquired once again the rights to The Hobbit the Lord of the Rings, and the appendices to make more movies. Now, immediately, immediately, I was upset. (laughs) 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 I was a little upset. Um, Only, look, for two, two reasons, right, two reasons. One, my very biased opinion uh, of because I'm obsessed with the Rings of Power currently. Um, 
my concerns are about uh, if they were to delve into any kind of second age storytelling, which is where the Rings of Power is living at the moment. Um, and I don't really want these new films to get in the way of that. Um, however, that is probably not going to happen. But that was where my initial hesitancy came from. The other thing that gave me pause was just how poorly Warner Brothers handled the Hobbit trilogy Hmm. um, and how that turned out. Those movies are not terrible movies. I've seen worse movies, but it should have been two films, not a trilogy, maybe even one film. Um, That's common knowledge, you know? Um, But I just, the way the, after learning all the behind the scenes of how the Hobbit trilogy was made and just how, oh, studio medley Warner Brothers is, and not just with, and not just with, um, like Middle Earth related content, you know, with DC and with, you know, the Wizarding World stuff. Like they put their noses in, and put their fingers everywhere and move things around and tell creatives what to do with their shit, and it's just it does not work. So, I am much much great concern right now about this. However, before I pass on to Folia for her thoughts, I will just say uh, I have since watched a video um, by the YouTuber uh, known as Nerd of the Rings, and he did a video (laughs) that basically laid out the possibilities for what Warner Brothers could do. Um, And a very interesting point that is like, uh, Warner Brothers, they have the film rights. Amazon have the TV rights. But on that, <laughs> Amazon actually own MGM now, and MGM have the distribution rights for the Lord of the Rings movies. So it's all weirdly connected in some weird fucking bonkers way. Um, but anyway, basically, uh, this guy, he goes through and he just talks about how there are all these different kind of stories that I can be telling um, based from just solely the appendices, really. Um, there's some really, really cool shit in there, actually, that they could touch. That's not even... That doesn't even go anywhere near what Rings of Power is doing. Um, so mm. that kind of... If they decide to go down those roads, um, that would be really, really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, but the only other thing... Like, one of the things he mentioned was, like, the, the potentiality for, like, prequel sort of stuff and, like... For, for characters that we've already seen done in the Peter Jackson films. For example, there could be a story or a movie that follows young Aragorn because there's obviously a lot of stuff that happened with Aragorn before we caught up with him in Fellowship of the Ring. So, uh, yeah, so there's a possibility, but then, you know, you have to talk about casting, recasting, obviously, and, yeah, that goes down another rabbit hole that I'm not going to get into right now. But needless to say... I'm not as skeptical as I was when it was initially announced, but I am still a bit cautious just just because it's Warner Brothers and they they don't they don't give me the greatest amount of hope for this. But it's, it's fine. We'll always have the Peter Jackson movies, and I'll always have Rings of Power because it is wonderful and I love it. Um, but anyway, hopefully it goes well. I'll be crossing all of my fingers. Fulia. Um, how, how do you feel about this as, you know, someone who I I couldn't convince to watch the rest of Rings of Power, um, (laughs) but, but, but you do, I know you do have a a small interest, uh, 
in uh, in this franchise. So, um, how are you feeling uh, about this? I don't think we really need it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, we we don't we don't really need more. I think what we've got is all we need. Um, it just yeah. I mean, it's nice to it's nice that we also have the um the series as well that's on Amazon Prime, but I just I feel like we don't need more movies because what we got was was enough and and it's it's definitely um they're very good films even though I've only watched them through once um I at some point I will go back and watch them one more time <laughs> the extended <laughs> yeah. that was the first time I, I the first time i watched it i was given the extended editions okay <laughs> do it again that was my that was my first foray into it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah no i just i don't know we don't really need more i don't think i think we've what we've got is enough the show is keeping us tied over um yes, for you know for extra for extra lord of the rings lore uh yeah i yeah, that's just how I'm feeling. <laughs> that's that's totally fair. I mean, like some would argue that the Peter Jackson films, like the the Lord of the Rings trilogy itself, not the Hobbit ones, like some would argue that they're pretty perfect, um, and there's no need to really add or improve to them beyond what's already been done. So um, yeah, I can I do kind of agree with you um, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, very very well said. Very well said, as usual. Michael, um, you're a big Tolkien fan. How are you sitting with this news? <laughs> um, I'm somewhat excited because uh, okay. being Middle Earth, you can tap into any any age, any any realm, or even characters that we that we know know of, and and characters that we don't know of, like like doing like. Um, movies that are set alongside the uh both trilogies maybe um depending on um uh copyright and that but yeah um like the popular one is probably a prequel to uh aragon's story on where he um decided to to leave like originally aragon's like when we first see Aragon, uh, he's meant to be in his like eighties and that. So they sort of didn't do that, uh, obviously, but they do mention it in, uh, two towers where, where they sort of make a half hearted joke. It's like, well, he's, he's actually 80 years old. And it's like, what is that? Like, you know, a bit of, a bit of elf, um, meddling there where <laughs> he's sort of succeeded his lifespan. And yeah, and you can also have uh, stories like after Middle Earth, um, after um, uh, uh, Return of the King, where you see um, like Samwise, Samwise like getting older, and like then you can bring back Sean Astin and he his story, and then and like there's a story with uh, Sam actually um, uh, after li- uh, after his life. Uh, he actually goes and meets with Frodo, and they go to the Dying Lands, and 
uh, yeah that's you right can, you can have adventures there or something like there's a lot of untapped like stuff that you can do it's a lot like star wars where where um, yeah a lot of people think like um andor was was uh, like a breath of fresh air but people were th- thinking what's what's this it's got no it's got no characters from the original stuff like or any ones that we that we know of there's no there's no there's no jedis no one pops out a lightsaber and then it turned out to be the 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 most perfect star wars tv show ever Mm. and i still stand by that (laughs) even better than mando maybe (laughs) there's a fight um yeah so (laughs) i'm very interested in what what they come up with and hopefully they'll get get wetter back back um and and do all the or do all the stuff and they can cross pollinate with um uh rings of power maybe and i do like rings of power i mean it's a very interesting like take uh of what they do and yeah and more 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 fantasy we've got to see more fantasy i mean sci-fi they can't have all the fun <laughs> yes, we do need a a good uh, fantasy renaissance. So um, maybe this will this will lead into that somehow. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. Um, we've yeah, got to ramp up all the fantasy, or else we won't get a Zelda movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure someone at Nintendo's already trying to make that happen. Oh yeah. Eventually. If if um if uh. If uh, oh shit, what's his name? If Mario is go- going to be good, then there's bound to be someone who's like, "Hey, why don't we get this thing that people have been asking for like since the '80s?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ah, good, good point. It'll and then Star Fox. There you go. And then Star Fox. Star Fox. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And then we oh. can bind them up and, and, and we can do a smash movie. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that. You guys can you yeah. guys can watch that. I'll be over here. <laughs> it'll, it'll be like the Nintendo Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, good shit. I like that. And Bowser can be Thanos. Um, <laughs> you haven't played Smash, have you? No, <laughs> I made a reference that was probably incorrect. It's fine. Is it, is it supposed to be like a spider or something? Nah, it's a hand. It's a hand? Yeah, it's a hand. Oh, okay. Yeah, very good, Michael. It's a hand. <laughs> it's a hand? Thank you. I don't understand the reference. Oh, God. That's anyway. Smash. It's Smash. Okay. Or pass. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next in the news. Um, speaking of be- things being confirmed, this was something that was announced as a potentiality to happen last year, but now it's being officially confirmed. Um, we will, in fact, be getting Welcome to Dairy, a It uh, prequel series, and it's going to be on HBO Max. Um, and the cool thing about it is that the director of the uh, the two It films, the more recent ones, of course, um, Andy Machete, is going to be returning to direct uh, the pilot as well as a few other episodes in this series. So it will be connecting to those two films, um, but it's going to be set 
years before, I believe, is the uh, the theory, the idea. Um, so we, I don't know, we don't need an origin story for Pennywise, but we could potentially be getting that. Um, oh, please. <laughs> the backstory of that book is fucking insane. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's potential for some, some, some messed up shit. I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm also on board for, uh, for this just in general, really, because I, I really liked the It movies, um, especially the first part. The first one was, was a near perfect horror movie, in my opinion. I really liked it. Part two was okay. I haven't rewatched it (laughs) since seeing it in the cinemas. Um, it was because it didn't live up to my expectations, but it, it was still like, there were parts of it that I thought were really good. Um, anyway. But uh, but yeah, so I, I'm keen to return to this world, and hopefully they can they can get Bill Skarsgård to to return because uh, I, f- I feel like they don't have they don't have a show without him in this sense. But um but yeah um let's see how it goes, Michael. Um, Hello. Oh, Fulia's not gonna have. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's not, no, Fulia Fulia is uh is is, is <laughs> staying quiet. <laughs> opted opted out because it's it's horror it's horror and it's that's that's our wheelhouse yes <laughs> that is our wheelhouse <laughs> um yes Mike everything what is th- coming up wheelhouse wheelhouse yes what are you thinking about this uh, prequel series well this has been in the works for however many years and and it's finally getting um um what do you call it um. Essentially, is moving forward. And the green light. Yeah, green light. Uh, 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 an order. Um, a, um, uh, an episode order, or yes. or something. So it is mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm quite interested. And yes, I. I'm probably the same as you, Kendall. Um, I really enjoyed the first one. Second one was okay. Mm. Um, probably the standout is probably Bill Hader, of course. Oh, absolutely. Ah, <laughs> oh, just just the com- just the combine of just horror and, and 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 just comedy as well. It's just hilarious. He's and, this, and I really impre- I really appreciate the sort of uh, John Carpenter's the thing um, call out. Did you notice oh, yeah. that one? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, because I was there in the cinema. It's like <laughs> just seeing that head just sprout legs, and I thought, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" And then Bill Hader <laughs> says, "You got to be fucking kidding me." <laughs> I like you, Machete. I like you. Yes, and yes. also the cameo of um, um, uh, uh, Stephen King as well, mm. playing mm-hmm. a character who is a cantankerous old bastard. Uh, bring him back. Somehow. <laughs> um just the just the nod and a wink um yeah I, I didn't expect that the it being more a bit meta uh, for the se- second chapter um a bit mm. more tongue in cheek and the the running joke of the ending's terrible it's like eh, you sort of written yourself a, a free pass i don't like that but yeah essentially what the book has is basically um uh, an intellect, uh, inter interdimensional battle of wills between the forces of evil and and good, mm. with Pennywise 
being a meta uh, an actual meta creature versus a giant turtle yep hmm hmm did I mention that um, Stephen King wrote, wrote this, especially when he was on coke? <laughs> <laughs> it's the 80s. Yeah. Anyway, so if they're going to dwell more into like the stuff with that, maybe, but I, I'm not holding my breath, really. But, but I'm very interested in them diving back to every time, every 27 years that Pennywise or It comes out of its of its uh feeding uh feeding feeding coma and there is there's definitely a lot of like um story that you can probably take and definitely from the book it actually dwells uh on certain times where every time it comes out of of the well so i'm Mm. very very looking forward to this and andy machete's coming back to to help helm so all good yeah. Um, yeah. Andy Machete. Yep. Uh, director of the upcoming Flash. Yes. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Correct. All right. We got one more item in the news to cover before we uh, roll on up. Um, and oh, could I could I go to the toilet for this one? You may go go thank, please because I don't give a shit about. Yes, yes. Michael, for those who don't know, we're not aware, um, Michael could not give a fuck about award season. (laughs) And I need to talk about it. Um, (laughs) And Fulia is going to join me for our little discussion on the BAFTAs, which happened uh, earlier this week. Um, one of the major stops on the, the race to the Academy Awards, which are uh, two weeks away at this point. So very exciting stuff. Um, in terms of the winners, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front was the big, big winner on the night. Um, it took home seven BAFTAs, which was no surprise given how many nominations it had. Uh, it had the most nominations of the, the night and pretty much in, almost in every category. Um, Banshees of Inner Sharon also unsurprisingly did very well uh, taking home outstanding British film and a couple of upsets in the supporting acting categories um, with um, uh, what's her bloody name Kerry Condon won um, uh, she beat Angela Bassett uh, and I'm okay with that because you know it's, it's the BAFTAs it's British and you know she's she's quite excellent uh, in the film, so that's fine. The the huge uh, huger upset for me was the fact that Barry Keegan beat um, Ki Hai Kwan um, in in supporting actor. Um, he Barry was quite good in Banshees of Inner Sharon. I'll give him that. Um, but a lot of us who who follow the awards trail uh, were were thinking that Ki Hai Kwan was going to sweep every category, every award show he was nominated in, and that was not the case at the Baptists. Um, in fact, everything, everywhere, all at once didn't really win much at all. Uh, I think it only took home editing as far as an award. Um, Elvis did very well, um, which should make Fulia very happy, uh, particularly because Austin Butler won the, the BAFTA for Best Actor, beating out Brendan Fraser and getting one step closer to holding an Oscar 
in his hand in a couple of weeks' time. Um, as far as Australians go, uh, of course, Kate Blanchett won for her role in Tar. Um, she's she is the the one lock of this entire season. Uh, she's won everywhere. I don't think anyone's beaten her as much. Again, as I keep saying, I would love Michelle Yeoh to win because you know, a she was brilliant and b she deserves it. Um, Kate is just too good. This this performance is just too good. It's you're not going to come close. Um, yeah. So no, it was it was yeah pretty good, pretty good. Some surprises, some some uh, some good things. Um, Pinocchio won again for animated film, so uh, that that was really lovely to see that that uh, that film continues to sweep as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, good, good shit. Elvis won costume design as well, so um, and makeup and hair and makeup and hair. So yeah, yeah, just joys all around for the Australian made Elvis um, and casting and casting four. <laughs> I did say earlier it took home four and I forgot to list them all. Thank yes. you, Fulia. <laughs> You're welcome. What would I do without you? Uh, wither and die. Because we, um, because we all know that uh, Elvis is an, an Aussie icon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Memphis, Tennessee. Um, <laughs> cool. So, yeah, we've only got now the SAGs, which are happening tomorrow. Um, and then in two weeks, it's the Academy Awards. So um, I am excited. Fulia. How are you, yes. you feeling about uh, the BAFTAs? What are your takeaways? Uh, look, I didn't really look into it. I didn't even realize it was actually happening. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's not to say that I'm not happy about some of the winners, um, including you know the best animated film being Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which I'm very happy about. Um, definitely deserves all of the accolades that he can get. It's, it's a very, very... Uh, it's a very good movie. Oh yeah, in, in, and and very creative too. Just mm-hmm. you know, delving into the 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 pre Pinocchio story essentially, and I really did enjoy it. Um, you know, the just love Kate Blanchett. Even though I haven't watched the film, she is amazing. Yeah, she's so and good, and I am so glad she won uh, leading actress. And um, you know what? Just very happy that we got Austin Butler and the Elvis crew getting um, getting rewarded for their hard work because that was such a very, very good movie. And I'm glad that they are being recognized for all of the effort that was put into that film. Um, so, yeah, extremely happy with, with Elvis uh, winning a few awards there. I am actually considering watching everything everywhere at, all at once um, at some point. Ooh. I haven't I haven't I haven't actually decided when that'll happen, but it is on my to watch list. Hell yes. So. <laughs> Hell yes. And I will, and you will know when I have watched it because I will mention it here in the future <laughs> episode. <laughs> yes. Yes, you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Really happy congratulations to all of the winners mm. of this year's BAFTAs. Um, and yeah, looking forward to what's next. Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you, Folia. All right. That brings us to the moment where we roll on up <laughs> to the trailer park. 
rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. Also, um, with the BAFTAs, I'm quite annoyed that uh, in the memoriam they forgot Bernard Cribbins. Did they really? Yep. Aww. And a lot of Whovians went, what the fuck? Yeah, that's that's not cool. Oh, I hate when they leave people out. Like, come on. Uh, it's not that hard. Jesus Christ. That's really sad. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, hopefully. Edit point. Edit point. <laughs> point. No, that's okay. You can keep it in. It's fine. He deserved better. Anyway. Um, okay, trailer park time. Let's hit it. We've got three trailers, as is the usual. Um, our first trailer is a true crime film that will be out on Hulu soon in the States. Uh, and that is Boston Strangler. This one is uh, has a fucking stacked cast. You've got Kira Knightley, Carrie Coon, Chris Cooper, and David Desmulchin, and Alessandra Nivola. Um, so lots of very talented individuals in this one. Um, based on the true... Uh, murders that took place in Boston in the 60s um, uh, about the serial killer obviously called the Boston Strangler Uh, and I didn't actually know, I I am into true crime but I didn't know too much about the Boston Strangler myself Um, so I'm excited to watch this because it looks really really good and the fact that they've kind of turned it into a almost like a Zodiac like David Fincher's Zodiac film where it's got the journalism angle on it um, but you've got these two women who are leading the charge, trying to get justice for these uh, all of these women that have been murdered, and no one's doing anything about it. Um, you know, they're seeing what other people are refusing to see, uh, and trying to avenge um, these these poor girls that are getting killed. Um, so I'm, yeah, it looks great. It was a good trailer, um, very well edited. It looks it looks fantastic, um, and uh, like there might be some really good performances. In there as well. So I'm down as a clown for Boston Strangler. Let's go. Um, Fulia, what did you think of this one? <laughs> uh, this one actually looked interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really one for watching true crime type of, you know, shows or movies. Uh, but this one looks interesting because of the fact that it's kind of from a journalist perspective. Um, and yeah, I think... I don't know, like, I'm kind of on the fence about watching it, but I might end up watching this. I'm not too sure. Uh, but just, you know, just seeing Kira Knightley do something a little bit different compared to what she's done in the past. Um, and the fact that she's put on, putting on a heck of an American accent. Mm. Uh, Boston. She's doing very well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, I wouldn't mind seeing this to, just to, to see what it's about and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, great. Awesome. Uh, Michael, what did you make of this one? Um, yeah, it says what, it's, what it is on the tin. Um, it's true crime, and it definitely has that feel uh, of a procedural. And, yeah, I did the mistake of actually looking it up, and I sort of know what the ending is. Um, oh. Yeah, so I won't do anything here. Or okay. will I? Um, yeah, it looks really interesting. Uh, as you said, stack casts, uh, um, I really enjoy all the pe- people in it. Uh, and Chris Cooper as well. I'm mm. sort of a bit of a big, big fan of his, especially in the Muppets movie. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> as as the oil baron. Wah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and David uh, Dismuchin. Yes. Uh, uh, our own polka dot man himself. Yes. Uh, uh, is playing the potential, maybe, we don't know, uh, the, the suspect uh, involved. So, yeah, go for it. And it's, mm. uh, it's going to be on. It's going to be on a thing. So when is that thing, Kendall? <laughs> uh, boss. Well, Boston Strangler. I got to stop saying the Boston Strangler. Cause yeah, that's an actual movie from the sixties. Yes, they dropped the the for this one. Boston Strangler will be streaming in the states on Hulu from the seventeenth of March. So very soon. Um, here in Australia, uh, who knows? It'll it'll either be on Disney, Stan, or Binge. Is they're, they're the three that my money's on. In terms of distribution here, but uh, mm. watch, 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 watch those spaces. I'm sure it will appear. I hope so. I really want to watch it. Okay, next trailer. Uh, switching gears completely, but still kind of staying in the true story. And I say true in parentheses for those listening, not watching. Uh, this is a film called The Machine, which my understanding is it is kind of based on real shit that actually happened, but then also not. <laughs> At least that's what I gathered from the trailer. Um, I have heard of the comedian Bert Kreischer, but I have not engaged with any of his material, so I can't really speak to that. But I have, like, heard of the infamy of, you know, uh, the, the fact that he, you know, likes to walk around with no shirt on and perform that way and... And, uh, and all of that stuff. And he has some outlandish stories. And this is one of them. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting trailer. Um, I might watch this movie. Like, it looks like it's fun. It looks like it's a good send-up on just, I don't know, himself. Like, he's playing himself in the movie. Um, and, you know, that, that can go one or two ways, generally. Really good or really bad. Um, but, uh, but, no, it looks like he's having a good time. And... I think the main reason I would watch this film, honestly, is just for Mark Hamill, <laughs> who look who looks like he's having the time of his fucking life playing his dad in this. Um, <laughs> I never thought I would ever <laughs> see Mark Hamill lose his shit over drugs in this way <laughs> at all. Never, never did I think Mr. Luke Skywalker himself. Oh, it's just phenomenal. Um, yeah, so it looks like a bit of crazy fun and a bit of violence going on here. Um, yeah, I hope it's good. It looks, it looks like it might be all right. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it is. Um, Folia, what did you think of this one? Hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, look, uh, I'm all for what's sitting there and watching Mark Hamill be, you know, all cursing it up and high <laughs> and just having a good old time uh i'm just i'm not sure that like i would be sitting there enjoying it to be honest even if it is just a leave your brain at the door type of action movie type mm. of thing mm-hmm. um I, I think it's more so for the people who are fans of um burt kreischer 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 um, fans of his humor um, and his stories and stuff. I've never really kind of looked into his shows at all. Um, so I'm not sure that I could say 
specifically that this is for me. Uh, so I'm just going to just say not for me. <laughs> <laughs> that, call me Simon Cowell because that's a no from me. Very good. No from me. Very good. <laughs> uh, Michael, what about you? Um, you don't see many of this genre of movies of a uh, person who is being dropped into a situation and has to get out of it by acting a certain way. I mean, um, uh, Galaxy Quest comes to mind, mm-hmm. especially with this. Um, yeah, I I haven't really known... I'm the same. I, I don't really know much about uh, Brett Kreshaw. Ca- uh, uh, and his stand-up, I just yeah, I just know him as a, as the stand-up that takes off his shirt. <laughs> so he's got that aesthetic. Um, and also, there's there's a, a thing on TikTok that I watch all all the time where it gets uploaded, where he him and uh, another comedian has a podcast, and for his his birthday, the other comedian got got him. Uh, something, uh, a gift that is remarkable and weird and horrendous. <laughs> he he got him um, the he actually got um, a teacup with, with a saucer, and and uh, it could have been a teacup and saucer that Hitler would have drank out of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, it's sort of a, a weird situation. It's like there's a high possibility, a 99% chance that <laughs> the Fjura has drunk out of it. <laughs> and he's got it in his hands like, why, why did I pick it up? <laughs> do, do I need to destroy this? <laughs> and all that. So very, very, very particular sort of uh, comedy. So... Um, yeah, I'm expecting something like that with, within this movie. Um, a sort of, uh, not necessarily a retelling, but a continuation of the story. That's, that's probably not true. Or is it true? <laughs> yeah, no. Will we, will, will we find out by watching mm. it, Kendall? Will we? I don't know. And also Mark Hamill's the fucking goat as well. Yes, he is the goat. <laughs> we we do love some Mark Hamill. Uh, the Machine doesn't have an Australian release date just yet, but it will be in theaters in the US on the twenty sixth of May. I'm getting a lot of um, uh, stuff about it, um, a lot of uh, ads for it, so no doubt we'll probably get it. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Watch this space. All right. And our last trailer this week uh, is vastly different, again, from the previous two. Uh, This is a trailer for uh, an American-slash-Korean film by the name of Past Lives. This was uh, a film that's just uh, had its premiere at Sundance Film Festival uh, and got some very good reviews. And uh, now we have a trailer to to have a look at here. And, um, yeah, really, really nice looking movie um this was a lovely lovely trailer um it kind of gave us the whole scope i think of what the story is going to be um and i'm not entirely mad about that because i think it's you know a foregone conclusion 
really, what the story might be. I suppose the only question left is will they or won't they by the end of it. But I kind of so I kind of like how it leaves certain things am, am, ambiguous. Um, but um, but no, it looks like a really beautiful kind of relatable sort of human story about these two you know people who were were friends and were close and then they reconnect and um, you know and things develop. Um, like it's yeah, it just looks like a really beautiful kind of a love story. That has, you know, obviously an element of tragedy to it, considering, you know, one of them is already married. <laughs> so that's unfortunate for him. Um, but even then, the trailer doesn't really go out of its way to show you him being the jealous husband or the, you know, resentful or angry or any of that stuff. It, like, it really just kind of shows him accepting and understanding the connection that his wife has with this, this friend of hers. Um, I'm, that's not to say that there won't be any of that spitefulness in the film itself, because that's just only natural. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be really good. I, I really can't wait to watch this, but, um, yeah, it made me kind of all warm and fuzzy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was shot very beautifully, edited very beautifully, and the music was, was the perfect backdrop, I think, as well for it. So, uh, and plus the, the dual... The dual language uh, approach, I also really liked. I thought that was that was really, really nice. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to checking out Past Lives. Uh, what about you, Fulia? I know you've been delving into some Korean uh, television and, and cinema. So how, how does this one sit with you? I, so, <laughs> at the, where the first trailer we talked about was a I'm not sure, and the second one was a not for me. This one is 100% for me. Yeah. Oh, I am definitely <laughs> looking forward to this one. Nice. I was going to be the other way. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Um, yeah, no, this one looks really, really charming and it, it's going to have a lot of heart to it. Um, it's going to be a lot of emotions, I think, as well. Um, you know, the just... Bit of a bit of a triangle happening here, where mm. the the main character Nora is, you know, the one that moved on and ended up marrying a, an American, and then um, her childhood friend uh, comes comes to America, and they get reunited, and it's it's like a bittersweet sort of story, mm. and I like you said, Kendall, I I did. I didn't mind the fact that it gave us the overall, like the description of what this story is going to be about essentially in the trailer. Mm. Um, and the fact that they just left it at the, uh, you know, at the, at the ending of, we don't know what's going to happen between those two. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to watching this, uh, cause this is definitely something that I would, that I will enjoy. So mm. looking forward to watching past lives. Nice. Nice. That's very exciting. Yay. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Michael, what did you think? Um, yeah, I'm not that big into romantic comedies or anything like that, but it, does, it definitely looks really touching and sort of a pleasant, somewhat awkward, pleasant experience of reconnecting with a past flame and where you are at the moment. Um, so having said that, I'll probably not watch it. But how? Um, hmm. 
Date night. Oh. With the wife. Date night. I'll watch Marriage Story. There you go. Uh, <laughs> wow. Just to test wow. our relationship, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that strengthen and, Yeah, strengthen it. That and watch... Um, um, Oh, it's Daniel Sloss, one of his uh, stand-ups where it's notorious for uh, breaking up relationships. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it definitely looks really touching um, from from A24. So mm-hmm. very different from, from what, what they've done so far. So... Maybe maybe it's a secret horror story. <laughs> maybe it's a back it's a backdoor horror story. Yeah, so yeah. watch out, Fulia. If it starts doing a turn, <laughs> I'll make sure to run. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how they uh, that's how they get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They get me. They get me with the with the 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 rom the romance the drama, and then you know. They kick me in the guts with the horror. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden, the the guy turns out to be serial killer. That's, oh, goodness. It's the Boston <laughs> Strangler. Look out. Boston oh, Strangler. No. no. <laughs> yes, and he works for the Rus- works for Russians. Yeah, it's all connected. In the great circle of life. It's Simba. The tra- <laughs> it's, the tra- it's the trailer park cinematic universe. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so when is this getting dropped on us, Kendall? This is uh, getting dropped on America um, on the 19th of May. Uh, they'll see past lines in cinemas. Uh, no date here yet for us, <clears throat> but um, I imagine it will make its way to uh, a few cinemas around the country. I hope so, because, yeah, I'd really like to see it. So, yes, we will see. All righty. That means now Ooh. it's time I don't know. for the moment. Hydrate. The segment. Oh, yes. The section. Ha-ha. The place. I'm starving. The part, the spot, the thing in the show we like to call. <gasps> Popcorn culture. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. I hate that noise. Um, it's popcorn culture time. <laughs> it's, it's popcorn culture time. I shouldn't have told Mike that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which means, of course, we are here to talk Star Wars, The Bad Batch Season 2, the latest episode, yeah. which is episode 10, Retrieval. Um this is our part two, essentially, from last week. Uh, of course, we knew we were going to get it because we uh, were left with the Batch stranded on this planet um, after being sent by Sid to uh, mine some Ipsium out of a, out of a mine she bought. Um, and uh, things just all went topsy-turvy, didn't they, as they like to for our buddies. Um, it went pear-shaped. It went very pear-shaped. But last week's episode was very good in the end, um, if you remember our discussion from last week. Um, this episode, however, my initial thoughts, um, I mean, not as good as last week, but I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. It was paced very well to the point where I, when it was, the, I, it, the story had hit its conclusion, and I was like, wait, is that... 
That was half an hour. Shit. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, so that that was cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was fine. Um, yeah, like we, we we found out who who took the the uh, the ship and and why they took the ship and and uh, and then you know kind of went into sort of this uh, you know gang of people led by this one dude who just you know likes to manipulate people and abuse people and you know hold their lives in his hands like a fucking dick um so (laughs) well one of those hands yes yes one of them because he only has one hand um yeah so uh, there wasn't a lot to this episode, so I don't imagine this discussion is going to be very long. But um, but no, I but it was it was fine. It was a fine episode. I there are, there are definitely worse episodes of the show than this one, so I am okay. Um, Fulia, how did you go with with retrieval? Uh, I didn't mind this episode. This was actually a really good sort of um way of uh seeing how the batch can survive together. I also called it from last week, saying that we were going to come across the thief this particular episode. Yes, well done. So, <laughs> but wrong person. But yeah. wrong person. <laughs> that's fine. But I said we were going to meet the thief. So. Yes, you were still right. <laughs> I was still right in that respect, um, and and the fact that they got back their ship. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, now this episode was actually um, interesting because you know we got to see um, a different sort of community, I suppose, um, and the way that they've been living, um, which it doesn't look like they've been living very well either, um, and especially the way that you know um, profits were being you know shared, mm. it, it, it wasn't very fair for the people who are doing a lot of the work. Um, and Marco is a disgusting pig. <laughs> yes. He deserved what was coming to him. He did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was it was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, the, the bit, bit more of a um, another filler episode, I suppose, until they get off the planet. Um, but yeah. honestly, it, like, it didn't bother me. I... I yeah. Like it. yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Mike, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I definitely like this one. It's definitely a good companion with the previous episode and how it's it's all bunched together into a good uh, a good double double header of an episode because it sort of deals with um, what we had from last time of how they sort of, uh, how the batches sort of um, come to terms of their own uh, their their own relationships between each other and how how they sort of rely on each other like like really well, and how the fact that um, hmm, uh, with a new um, perspective of how life could have been if they're all all um, uh, separated and how we need to stick together because we need to help uh, it's sort of the nuggets of um what what benefit we can offer for the rest of the universe and that is yeah. essentially helping uh, helping kids out basically uh, being manipulated by by this 
uh, by this guy that's uh, all for profit and downtrodding the workers. And, you know, it's very good allegory for, for Marxist values. And, oh, my God, Star Wars is going woke. Star Wars has always been woke. And, yeah, it definitely is sort of akin to bridging the gap between all trilogies because this one, this one sort of has uh, uh, the vacuum of, well, this, this mine was uh operational through throughout the through the guild and then it's sort of and now things are slowly falling apart now the empire is sort of racking up their sort of uh, vast grip of the universe and things are and people are suffering uh, more ways than one so it's also um uh a it's also a Kickstarter for the up-and-coming uh, rebellion as well. So, little nuggets everywhere. Cause that's a Indeed. mind. Indeed. Mm, yes. No. Very, very well said. Uh, overall, yes. I liked it. Good. Goody, goody, good, good. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but I this was the episode where I learned that that droid's name was Gonky. Did you guys know his name was Gonky? Gonky? I knew it was a. Well, g- I knew it was a gonk, but I, I knew didn't it was a gonk droid. Yeah, would be gonky. Yeah, I didn't think it would have a little nickname. I <laughs> uh, yeah, gonky. I don't. Yeah, gonky is his name. Um, yes. Um, I have a question for you both. Um, with the way this episode sort of started, um, and to me, I don't know about you guys, but to me, based on, based on last week and how things were going and how sort of you know, on the back foot, they were feeling, not necessarily being, but feeling like they weren't, like, how are we going to get out of this one? Even though, you know, we we had those scenes with Tech and Omega kind of realising that, you know, we'll figure it out, it'll be okay. Did you guys think they figured their shit out pretty fucking quick <laughs> at the start of this episode? Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, you have to remember this is a kid's TV show. They can't I know. really... <laughs> I know. I mean... This is why I don't watch kids stuff. I bring my adult perspective in and I yeah. crush obviously, it. Obviously, obviously they could have been obviously they could have like spent like more episodes on them being marooned and and them sort of working together and no, nah, it's one episode. Yeah, <laughs> now kids don't have the same attention span as us. We can't have multiple episodes of filler yeah. just like in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> and also um uh, this is like the old school syndication sort of thing. Like every episode, it's sh- surely should have its own thing. Like then, mm. then it's rewatch value. Like, oh, this yeah. is the this is the uh, episode that's harking back to to Raiders of the Lost Ark, and this particular episode is Temple of Doom, and yeah, <laughs> and dot dot dot. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. No, you, you guys are right, you guys are right. I just, I wasn't expecting, like, I knew there was only going to be one episode in which they would figure it out and they would they would get out. I knew that was only going to be this episode. I just felt like it was, they went really quickly from last week to just the start of this week. They've, they've assembled a speeder um, and Omega's realised that they can reach out to Gonky to f- try and find the location of the ship. Um 
which is, I just, I feel that wasn't mentioned, I don't remember that getting mentioned as an idea last week, even though they were trying to contact the ship that was mentioned in dialogue, but they were like, it doesn't mm. matter, it'll be, it's going to be out of reach by now. So I guess they were, but then again, last week, the Batch, as we saw, they were all very much bickering with each other. They were all very stressed and tense but and just, They weren't yeah, working together. They weren't working yeah, together, exactly. so they weren't and thinking The fact that they were also... They also had a bit of vulnerability happening in within that yeah. particular moment as well. So they 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 weren't in their right minds. Let's just say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So in that in that way, if you frame it in that sense, it does make sense <laughs> that they would uh, yeah. they would be what able they to needed, recover. What they needed was a group activity, and that's to rebuild a speeder. Yes. <laughs> it's better than any puzzle. Better than and. Yep. <laughs> Trust Poor Rekka, though. <laughs> Poor Rekka oh, just, like, already fit, already ate his rations and is, like, so hungry. But, you know, can't blame... You can't blame the man. He's, he's a... He's, he is a big child. <laughs> he's a big yeah, boy. Yeah, he is. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's got to eat. He says, I just want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you eat all your rations? That's how I... I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel most days. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty I got a lot of calories to burn. <laughs> uh, Rekka just continues to be a source of delight, doesn't he? Yeah, um, I love him. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah, so basically the, the, the plot of this episode, yes, they figure out where the ship is and they go to steal it back. Um, but mm-hmm. we also get introduced to um, our, I suppose lead secondary character this week which is Benny um, he is the thief in question, he is the one that stole their ship last week um, and then we kind of learn that the reason he's doing it is because it's basically part of his reason for living, like he needs to do this for for Mako so he can hmm. live he can survive um, so I really liked how they kind of use that as a like as a complex way like it wasn't just he's not just an out and out thief just taking it because he could um there are reasons for it there are motivations behind what he's doing and i i, I really I, I liked a lot what that kind of the way that they told that and unfolded that that benny was just he wasn't a one-note character there were you know there was depth to him um yeah and 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 another you know another kid for for omega to to bond with i suppose um, she seems to be collecting them now. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're doing the uh, the Young Avengers in Star Wars. Um, hmm. Yeah. So, but no, I liked I liked Benny. I mean, I saw his betrayal coming a mile away. I'm sure we all did. Um, but the way it all played out by the time the episode was said and done, I thought I thought was um, was really good. Fulia, what did you what did you think of Benny? Um, yeah, no, Benny was like when I first came across him, and he was still like flying the the jet um the ship he he kind of annoyed me a little bit but then as the episode sort of went on um i could then understand why he was behaving the way he was behaving yeah and and so i was just like okay well he's this um he's doing this to survive he's you know trying to live his life um, and the only way he can do he can get food is if he can bring in the most valuable items, um, so that he can then get the most payout. I suppose in that instance. Mm. Um, and so you kind of feel bad for him at the same time, 
because you know that you know the that he's you know being he's being cheated essentially into doing all this hard work and then not getting the rightful payment for it so and and it goes for the same with everybody else that's working in those mines and yeah just like he was a he was an interesting character um he sort of started off being annoying to then being like okay well there's reason behind um him being a thief so makes sense so yeah no he's He's an he's an okay he's an okay kid it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes 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 Mike what what did you make of him? Yeah he just needed the the right mentor. Mm. So yeah it's an introduction of a character that we'll probably see in future episodes, and mm. and as you said Kendall may maybe a young Avengers sort of team because now we got. Now we got a Jedi. Now we got a smuggler. Now we got. <laughs> Now we got a an archer, you know, uh, Omega's an archer, and mm, yeah, don't know what she is yet, but yeah, it's probably setting up something for the future. Seems yeah, like it, mm. Mm. and also, I don't know why, but a potential love interest. I don't know. There's, there's sort of a, like a little <laughs> connection there, a little spark. I hated it. <laughs> don't do that as a per- yeah as a person that's got a daughter it's like mm. <laughs> <laughs> but they they do what they do and yeah he's um he's fallen on the hard times need need to scrimp to survive and he's in this predicament of actually a bit of stockholm syndrome happening it's like well uh, he gave me all this stuff. It's like, well, he's he's holding, he is withholding your basic needs, and mm. he's essentially using food to to get what he wants, which is pretty evil, especially when you're dealing with yeah. kids. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting character, but it's the first episode of his introduction. So who's to see what he does? Mm. Yes. Well, speaking of evil individuals, Mako was uh, a, an interesting addition. Um, you know, not not a villain trope that we haven't seen before, um, but you know, definitely effective in this episode. Um, I kind of liked how they just in passing mentioned that the the uh, Ipsium was degraded, like it was not going to like the mine that they were living in. There was, you know, it wasn't the the right quality to, you know, make money off of by selling and whatnot. So that's why they had to branch out and do all these other things for Marco, uh, you know, and not know, obviously, that they were being manipulated. Because <laughs> um, I thought that was a really nice little twist of having, you know, that turn out to be, well, actually, uh, Marco is um, just, just the worst and uh, has been... Uh, you know, keeping all of the the revenue from the Ipsium that is not degraded, it is fine and in good condition, and he's been making all of the money uh, and keeping it for himself, not sharing it amongst uh, his people, I suppose. Um, so yeah, very, very bad person, very bad person, um, hmm. and a very interesting character design. Uh, I liked and um, like the 
the, the fact that he had like a like a robotic claw for for a hand um, as well. That was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but it was. But you're right, Mike, with like the Stockholm syndrome thing. That's exactly what it was because like they were all, you know, really just believing in this man because he's giving them what they need, you know, which is why they were so eager and willing to please him and why why um uh Benny betrays the batch, betrays Omega, even after that like it was so heartbreaking after that tender moment where she's like, Here you can have my rations you know, because you helped us and like I knew already by that point it was done. Like I mean, you know, you see him hit the button when they walk in the room. So yeah. you, so you know it's already over. But um but the fact that Omega was still like, yeah, she, she was just her authentic self, just believing in him. Um, you know, you're helping us, you're doing a good thing, and, you know, you need food, so here's my food. You know, she's just that kind of a character. She's really great. Um, so, yeah, I really liked just a lot of all of that stuff um, and how it played out. But, yeah, Mako does come to a, a grisly end once the the kids of the mountain revolt up against... What's his face that rips hearts out? Um, yeah. Kalima, Kalima, Kalima. <laughs> yeah, I was the the Temple of Doom references were strong with this one, um, especially the fact that they kind of combined the bridge at the end, but over they put it over the like the the, the lava, I suppose, uh, the fire. Um, so that was kind of that was kind of funny. I li- I did like that. Um, I was going to say something else, but I've I've forgotten. Um, so if I remember it, I'll chime back in. But Fulia, what did you think of, of Moko as a villain in this episode? Oh, he's a he's a very cunning character. Mm, yes. Yeah, and um, it was interesting because I could I could feel um, I could feel that there was something up with the way that he was leading this group, and so especially with Benny. When he brings home this, they they bring home he brings home this ship, and Marco's still being like, "Well, we'll see if you're gonna be the the top earner this this week." And I'm just like, "What do you mean this? You will see." Did he not just bring home a giant jet for you? <laughs> like seriously, you're gonna make a lot of money out of it, and you're still saying no? Uh, my gosh, like. Just from that, from the get go, I I knew that something was something was up. Yeah. Um. And then you know, as the episode went on, and we, and then we find out, um, you know, that he's actually hoarding all of the food for himself. Yeah. Which immediately made me so disgusted by this character. I was like, "You are a disgusting pig. That's what you are. <laughs> How dare you eat all this food?" You know, in yeah, in the secret of your own little freaking hobbit hole or whatever, <laughs> and not even like these kids are starving, and you're gorging yourself. Like my, I just oh man, it really irked me when I saw that. Yeah. So I was just yeah, did not like him at all. Um, but it, you know the fact that then Omega showed Benny the truth about the value of the Ipsium, the fact that it hasn't degraded and the yeah. fact that it's increasing in value. And, you know, the Benny is just like, just didn't want to believe her, but then he, he'd already had pushed the button 
as soon as they entered the room. So it's like there's nothing there was nothing he could really do because he was entrusting himself in Mako's hands mm. um, because he believed that he was going to be this top earner. Um, and yeah, just eventually he just turned around and got mad and told everyone, hey, this guy's lying to us. We need to do something about it. Um, and so the the end result was a good one. Hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy with that. I was a little scared that he was going to take Benny with him for a second there. But um, I was I was happy that it didn't happen. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, good riddance. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 not good riddance. Exactly. Um, yeah, Mike, what, what did you, what did you think of Mako? Do you have any other, uh, other thoughts on him? Um, yeah, uh, for the Benny betrayal, you got to have a betrayal as the episode will be too short. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I actually quite like his design because it also is the fact that he, uh, in a way he is vulnerable, but, um, yeah, and but the added balance of he he has all this power, like having having only one arm and and walking stick. Um, it's definitely definitely an interesting character that we'll probably won't see again. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can Fine. survive that fall because somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, I suppose we we can get into the betrayal maybe. Yeah, yeah. You 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 want to talk about that scene? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely a heartbreaking scene because you can yeah. t- tell he's absolutely horrified of what he d- did, and it's also the pathway to realizing this like not everything is what it seems, and yeah. uh, convincing and trying to convince every everyone else is always difficult. But if you can convince like pretty much top dog. Um, I can't remember his name, but Top Dog. Um, that's uh, that's uh, everything is formed, but uh, everything is is wrong. Then it's an it's an easy like take on take on the man. Hmm. Yeah. Though, and that scene, yeah, is very much the turning point um, of the episode um, mm. for sure. And I think it was probably my my favorite scene. Um, overall, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was, it was really good. And yeah, it's very, yeah, very heartbreaking, um, to watch, but it's, it's really nice that you could, you could see how Benny was like, just immediately regret, regretting his choices. Um, and I think it kind of just told you everything you need to know about his character and, and that he would come good in the end. Like he was, there was no way he wasn't going to do, you know what he went on to do. Um, Fulia, did you have any other comments on, on that scene or not really? No, I think I've said what I need to say. Yeah. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. Um, as for the ending of the episode, I thought it was a really well played out action sequence. Like we haven't really had, didn't really get too much with the batch themselves this week. There wasn't a lot of like, I suppose, advancement or development of their, their, their characters or, or, or focus on them, which is fine. Like they, they were, I was okay for them to be second fiddle to the, the, the story here and kind of Omega and Benny and, and Mako and that stuff. 
Um, but, you know, they got their ship sorted, so that's the important thing here. Um, but, yeah, I really liked how, like, there's, there was that one moment where, like, just, you know, the action was unfolding and uh, um, Omega went over the edge. I'm like, I knew she wasn't going to die. I knew. It's not, they're, not, mm. they're not doing that. But it still managed to get me, like, just how close she came to just falling because she wasn't, you know, she wasn't attached to anything and then all of a sudden, you know, she was she was saved but but yeah that was a it was more of a it's it was like a trust fall like she yeah tr- trusted in hunter to catch her yeah yeah she knew trust you could tell fall. by the look on her face she knew yeah <laughs> yeah she knew <laughs> she knew that he was he was gonna get her um yeah but still it was like a holy crap moment um it, mm. one of the one of probably my favorite bit of the sequence uh apart from Mako's eventual death um <laughs> Which was satisfying. Um, yeah, fully. What did you make of the way the 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 kind of the climax of the episode played out? Um, well, I was like when they when they brought out um, Omega with that droid at that ledge. I was just like, oh look, she's gonna be fine. The batch will save her. It's fine. Um, she trusts in her family to to save her life, and yeah, like and and that's what happened. So. Um, the fact that, you know, Mako was then pitted against <laughs> when they were about to gun down the batch or take him away, actually, to then serve in the mines for 10 years and if they could survive that long. Um, and then, yeah, the moment that Benny came out with the proof of what's happening with the Ipsium and then everyone's like, oh, wow, okay, so that's a thing. Well, now you're the bad guy here, sir. We're going to turn on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rise up. Yeah. Um, Give the yeah, workers so the means was, of production. Exactly. It was kind of like their way of rioting, but not really rioting. Um, it was like a calm protest, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I... Like, the the way that this whole sort of section panned out, I'm I'm kind of happy with what happened so yeah nice <laughs> nice nice michael any any additional thoughts on uh on the sort of big action piece of the episode that's really great I, uh, as i said before i really enjoyed the bad batch because it is pretty much a team in space and <laughs> putting the a team in temple of doom it's, <laughs> it's fascinating and and yeah it's it's um <laughs> No, nah, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no. I was uh it's good Marxist propaganda. Well. <laughs> <laughs> You've already said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um Yeah, I can't wait. This definitely is a sort of a setup for like a rebellion across across universes of what's been happening because when there's a vacuum then things fall in so yeah i i enjoy this episode yeah um not to say that it is a departure of what's they they are slowly building towards is what is the life of a clone after the clone war and what happens to them within this new galactic empire and how everything's going to be different now considering what happened 
on the last two-parter. Mm. Yes, that's, that is very true. Um, yeah, I did like kind of how we got that that exchange of dialogue between Tech and Echo. Tech and Echo. Tech, Tech and Omega. About, you know, them talking about... Um, you know what what the importance of what they do the fact that like you know like and mega's like you know there there's awful shit happening everywhere and tech's like well yeah but you know there are people like us out there and we're doing something you know so i mm. I, I and i like the fact that it was tech was that was the one that said that too um because yeah. that kind of links in with his kind of uh you know him discovering his humanity i suppose um in that in that way or, or learning how to express himself, uh, and bond with Omega too. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and that, and that kind of also ties into what's going on, like with, like what Rex and Echo are doing. Um, you know, they're fighting their own fight in their own way against the empire. And, you know, we've been wondering, like I even said last week or week before, whenever it was like, why 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 don't the bats just take up that fight why don't they just join with rex but then this episode was a nice reminder of why they're not doing that because they are then able to help the little guy you know they're able to mm. step in and actually make a difference um amongst these small communities on these you know planets that have no kind of impact on a lot of the larger events even though a lot of the story in the show deals with the overall thing that's going on um yeah it's nice to see that even on the smaller scale that the bad batch are actually doing some good in the galaxy um and especially for for omega and whatever we're building up with her character and um and just the batch and and the clones in general um yeah so that was that was nice nice a nice note to end the episode on so um yeah yeah I agree. yeah um I don't have anything else really to say. Do you guys have anything you want to touch on before we finish? No, I think it was a, just a, it's a well-rounded episode. I really yeah. enjoyed it. And it gave us, you know, a few things to sort of, to think about as well in terms of communities and, and things that like that sort of stuff actually does happen in real life. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just sort of a nice thing to think about. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. For sure, Mike. Remember, you, yes. Sorry, remember, go. Your in your employer is only one person. Mm. Employees are many. <laughs> yeah. That they are. Join your union. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. All yeah. right. Well. That that on that note, I think that's that's it. Best episode, ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a good episode. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. Alrighty, that does it for us um, with our thoughts on the Bad Batch, season two, episode ten, retrieval. Our batch now has their ship back, and who knows where we will find <laughs> them this week. Um, yes. Speaking of this week, it's going to be a double feature. On, on, on Wednesday because not only do we have the Bad Batch episode 11 but we also have The Mandalorian season 3 episode 1 baby it's this week oh my gosh it's so excited I'm, I'm so excited it's just, just Pedro Pascal everywhere 
all the time. Yeah. Too much Star Wars. It's a good welcome. <laughs> yes. Yes, we're about to have a lot of Star Wars. So strap in, folks, if you like a us lot talking of Pedro. about Star Wars. And a lot of Pedro. If you like us talking about Pedro and you like us talking about Star Wars, then this is the show for you. This is the podcast yeah. for and you. I and I saw the post of the um, of the scheduling for the episodes. Oh yeah, um, that that popped up on uh, on socials. Uh, I'm gonna be away for four episodes. Uh, you, okay, well that's all right. You can. I've got a lot of catching up to do when I get back. Yes. Do you think you can get Disney Plus on the plane? Maybe you can watch them on the plane on the way home. I, look, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, I'm pretty sure. Depending on the airline, if I can get Wi-Fi, I might be able to watch it on the plane. But true, uh, you can uh, like download it on your phone. Oh like yeah, true. Yeah, true. But I only be able to download the episode that's out. <laughs> then I've still got the other the ones that I have to catch up on. Oh, you'll figure it out. You'll figure I'll, it it's out. It's fine. I'll be able to, like, as long as the hotels I'm at has, has Wi-Fi, I'll be able oh, to Oh, yeah. You're tech savvy. You can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's fine. <laughs> Look, I, if I found a way to to uh, <laughs> to film myself reacting to Spider-Man Far From Home when I was in my San Franciscan hotel and upload it, <laughs> if there's anyone that can do it fully, it is you. <laughs> if I can oh, do yeah. it, you Not, can do it. Also... Also, while I am there, I'm going to be like, I still, I have the streaming services, but my location will be different. Yeah, I know. So I might get different things that I could watch. You don't have a That's... VPN, do you? No, I do have a VPN here. I just don't use it very much. But when I'm there, <laughs> when things are coming out. I don't have to press a button. You can get the exactly. different experience, yes. So potentially, I could potentially watch Boston Strangler while I'm there. Oh, oh you could. Yes. Yeah. You could. That's a really good point because you'll have access to who. Yeah. On, yeah. on the Canadas. <laughs> on, on the mm-hmm. Canadas, yes. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. And I'm in the same boat. I actually got to watch the latest episode of Doctor Who while I was over in Bali. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. That's cool. I was on my honeymoon, but... Doctor Who's more important. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Don't let Sammy hear that. She she doesn't listen. Oh, unless she already knows. (laughs) Oh, she was there. She was. Oh, okay. I'm going to the computer lab. I'm going to to borrow the headphones. Okay. Okay. I think it was like. What time was it? I think it was like nine nine at night. And And I downloaded. VPN on on their computer <laughs> and I watch it on iView. That's amazing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> iView in Indonesia. I love it. Mm. Yes. Yes. All right. That's enough from us, I think. Um, yes. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you've yes, done, thank you very much. If you've done so, uh, we appreciate very much. Um, and that, and that, that was, was, a a, was a podcast called Yes. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. 
If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. And if you're watching the video back right now, make sure to like the video, subscribe to our channel, hit the bell icon to be notified of future videos. Also, if you're over on Twitch, make sure to give us a follow, Fred the Alien Productions. Oh my gosh, Fred. <laughs> Twitch.tv forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. <laughs> Yay! I have been. I've been a fully account And I've been the Marxist himself, Marco Lister. And, and you, you just, just experienced a podcast called Red. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Freddy lives, Loki dies, of course. And the doctor is in, of course. And Marco Polo. Marco Polo. <laughs> Remember to eat beef. Yes, make sure to look after yourself and your mental Yes. Do it, do it, do it. Ladies, gators. And